0: Welcome back to the Barefoot office. I'm so glad that you're here. It was a pink day for me today. My pink hat and pink t-shirt and pink socks. And uh, I might get up at some point while I'm recording and get my pink blanket. And I just, I liked that. I liked it. I hope you had something in the lead up to this day that you liked. And I hope you can take a deep breath here now. So you get ready to read Revelation 10. And I hope that you, like me, can take off your shoes and believe and enjoy, that the space where you are is holy. As we read this chapter from Revelation, where does your attention go in it? I saw a mighty angel coming down out of the sky clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had in his hand a little open book. He set his right foot on the sea, and his left on the land. He cried with a loud voice, as a lion roars. When he cried, the seven thunders uttered their voices. When the seven thunders sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from the sky saying, Seal up the things which the seven thunders said, and don't write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to the sky and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there will no longer be delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. The voice which I heard from heaven again speaking with me said, Go, take the book which is open in, his ha- in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. I went to the angel telling him to give me the little book. He said to me, Take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth. When I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. They told me, you must prophesy again over many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. Where does your attention go in this chapter? A lot of things jump out at me. They told me and just the incredible visual images. I almost want to color it out. Face like the sun, feet like pillars of fire. In his hand, a little book, right foot on the sea, left hand on land, a rainbow on his head, clothed with a cloud, his face like the sun. Hmm. it be a stunning image if you could do it, although it'd be confusing. And then, where is it? Seal up the things which the thunder said and don't write them. Hmm. Oh, and then the mystery of God is finished, as he declared to his servants, the prophets. Just a lot. There's a lot. A lot of imagery, a lot of curiosity here in this chapter. The second time as we read, what connection might you make to your own life? Connection to yourself, your spirituality, your experience, your relationships from starting from this chapter I saw a mighty angel coming down out of the sky clothed with a cloud a rainbow was on his head his face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire he had in his hand a little open book he set his right foot on the sea and his left on the land He cried with a loud voice as a lion roars. When he cried, the seven thunders uttered their voices. When the seven thunders sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from the sky saying, Seal up the things which the seven thunders said and don't write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to the sky and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there will no longer be delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished, as he declared to his servants, the prophets. The voice which I heard from heaven again speaking with me said, Go, take the book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. I went to the angel, telling him to give me the little book. He said to me, Take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth. When I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. They told me, you must prophesy again over many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. What connection do you make to this passage? I guess I know a little bit. There was a phrase that I (laughs) left out the first time that I thought of that jumped out at me instantly just from looking at the text before I even really was reading it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. Your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit's like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you. I love you. I'm just in this phase where I had my friend Joey who listens to the pod and who does the Earthmakers podcast, which if there's ever a time where I take another break, you should go listen to his Earthmakers podcast and really you should do it anyways. His is three days a week now. Spiritual care for real people. Anyways, I had him over when we were talking about some things, and I said, yeah, at the beginning of our recovery meeting, we say this version of the serenity prayer, and it's a little bit different, and not every ACA group uses it, but at least the one that I'm a part of does. God grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change, the one that I can and the wisdom to know that one is me. And I said to him, yeah, when we when we begin and end our meetings with that. I don't and I didn't even do it here. I don't say God at the beginning. And I think it's just I just have a lot you know, it's funny, I did I did all my Step 3 work, and it was a lot of higher power work, and it, it was really difficult for me. And it was funny, it was like reading just in the normal meeting the information about Step 7, where it talks about how it's giving the summary, and each kind of successive step gives a little deeper look at what we did in the previous steps, or a little different spin, and somewhere in there it talked about how Step 3 We learned that we assigned the characteristics of our parents to our higher power. And for me, I didn't have, I've I've talked about this in ACA a lot, if not on the podcast, how, you know, I don't, you know, there, there are some things. But like, I don't look back and have things that I think of as physical or emotional abuse you know, specific instances that live with me, but it wasn't like this overwhelming pattern the way it was for some, the way it was for those whose, whose parents were, you know, drunk in the house all the time and consistently physically violent. But that for me, it was... You know, whether it was their intention or not, whether it was their meaning or not, and they listened to this, so it's real awkward to be talking about it, but for me what I walked away with was indifference. And I I assigned all this indifference to my higher power to God, to Jesus. We Joey and I, I was saying something, he was Joey they. I apologize. Joey was saying how he, they, damn it, had had a really difficult day and that they were really struggling to just have a hard day because all they could believe was that they had to be on and perfect and ready and have the energy to take care of other people when they're having a hard day. And I was like, oh man. Isn't that some Jesus was an Enneagram 2 evangelical bullshit? And we kind of laughed at that. But what I took from so much was that I have to take care of other people, bear each other's burdens, and I heard, bear everyone else's burdens. (sighs) Lift each other up, and I heard, I must lift everyone else up all of these things and so there's just this sense and I've said this in my meetings that the way that that cocktail of things interacted with me faith and parenting and just the way that I made my way through the world my particular coping mechanisms meant that A lot, a lot, a lot of self-erasing happened, of not showing up with my whole self, of not being present, of just hiding who and what I am. And so there's a lot of that that tastes sweet on my mouth, but has some bitterness in my stomach. Not good or bad, but both and sweet and bitter <sighs> hmm. this third time, as we read, what's your intention now that we've read and reflected on this passage, what can you imagine yourself doing in the stuff of your actual life? I saw a mighty angel coming down out of the sky, clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. He had in his hand a little open book. He set his right foot on the sea and his left on the land. He cried with a loud voice as a lion roars. When he cried, the seven thunders uttered their voices. When the seven thunders sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from the sky saying, seal up the things which the seven thunders said and don't write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to the sky and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there will no longer be delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets." The voice which I heard from the heaven again speaking with me said, Go, take the book which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. I went to the angel telling him to give me the little book. He said to me, Take and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth. When I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. They told me, you must prophesy again over many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. What is your intention, having read and reflected on this passage? For me, it's to couple of weeks ago, the first week where I took a break from recording. (sighs) I spent 15 minutes working in my yellow book every night. And I think this week, just hearing the mystery of God is finished. The days of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound the voice, which I heard from heaven, I think that I want to spend 15 minutes writing every night for the next week. Got an essay in my head that I want to write, little short things about why I vote or believe the way that I do that are grounded in my personal story and pathos. And will that happen? I don't know but it's good to say it out loud. And it's something that I imagined as I read. And so I'm saying it and we'll see where it goes from here. And that can be enough. Almighty and everlasting God in Christ, you have revealed your glory among the nations Preserve the works of your mercy, that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours. For you have within you, for you are the light of God, the light of the world always. Mm. Hi, hi, hi welcome back to the barefoot office i'm so so glad that you are here it's sunday and i was puttering around and thinking about how you know for for those of you keeping score at home all those keeping score is really a terrible way to keep track of it and i really hope that you're not but um Friday night, my intention was to spend 15 minutes like being totally emotionally available to each of my kids. And I didn't do it for all three of them on Friday, but, or on Saturday, but I did for my younger two. And then this afternoon I took my oldest out and we just played at the skate park with his scooter and with his RC car for 45 minutes. So I did that, and then last night I talked about wanting to write 15 minutes every night this week, and I didn't do that today. I worked a lot, um, and I came back, and I had plenty of time, but I just... I needed to clean my space a little bit. I vacuumed, I swept, I did the dishes and put them away, I lit a candle, and I did just some really, really gentle stretching on my floor in the candlelight. It was really good. I needed that slowness. And also, most nights I wait until 10 p.m. to to do this, to record. And um, I didn't do that tonight because I wanted to be able to and available to uh, go to my friend Robert's Sunday night live stream on Facebook of his guitar show Live from the Blanket Fort, which he says will give us all blanket fortitude, which it, I think is a really great phrase with a lot of multiple meanings. Um, so yeah, recording a little early. It's 9.53 now, but, you know, I don't know. Just felt like saying and explaining all those weird, different, unusual things and thinking that maybe one of my intentions might be to kind of keep a little journal where I mark and track whether or not I'm following up with my intention, my own intention for my own practice, for my own spiritual discipline and growth. So we'll see, we'll see. (sighs) After all that, take a deep breath. We need it. And take off your shoes, for the place where you are is holy. Where actually I forgot that not only does the gospel reading, the Lectio Continua, get interrupted by the Sunday lectionary, but so too do the other books. And um, it's been a while, so... The, the lectionary actually moves us from Revelations to 1 Corinthians, but I looked at the 1 Corinthians passage and I, I didn't want to do it. So we're doing the gospel passage appointed for today, Matthew eighteen fifteen through 20. As we read it this first time, just notice where does your attention go, meander to, and where does it rest in this reading? If your brother sins against you, go, show him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained back your brother. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two more with you, that at the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the assembly. If he refuses to hear the assembly also, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Most certainly, I tell you, whatever things you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever things you release on earth will have been released in heaven. Again, assuredly, I tell you that if two of you will agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the middle of them. Where does your attention go in this passage? For me, it's will have been bound in heaven, and where two or three are gathered, and also show him his fault between you and him. As we read this second time, what connection do you make from this reading to the stuff of your life? If your brother sins against you, go, show him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained back your brother. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two more with you that at the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the assembly. If he refuses to hear the assembly also, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Most certainly, I tell you, whatever things you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever things you release on earth will have been released in heaven. Again, assuredly, I tell you that if two of you will agree on earth concerning anything that they will ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the middle of them. What connection do you make to this reading? For me, I connect that first couple of sentences, that first verse, to my ACA program, and to one of the things that I've thought is so so key for me for who I am, for who I've been that I should get it like written sharpied, tattooed on my body, and it's that. <coughs> fundamental act of self-betrayal of an aca is not to tell their own story if your brother sins against you go show him his fault between you and him alone or you could you could not do that I could not show him his fault. I could not talk to him about it. I could not tell him anything about it. I could just ignore it. I could hope it goes away. I could just deal with the pain of it internally. I could just hold on to it. I could just let it create resentment. I could just bury it. I could just let it tear us apart. I could let it keep distance between us. And so have I done, and so have I done with every, every, every relationship that I have. My fundamental pattern, my fundamental act of self-betrayal is to live my life alone, to isolate, to be in secret, not to show my brother his fault between me and him to bury the pain of it. I don't want to tell you that you hurt me. I don't know if it's fear, if it's fear of vulnerability, if it's fear of taking up space, if it's fear of not mattering. I need to (laughs) go back to spiritual direction. It's been about three weeks, and I need to... (laughs) Pick up books that I committed to myself to read, good grief, maybe back in the Easter season, The Power of Forgiveness and Don't Forgive Too Soon, because I just, I still don't really get forgiveness. I don't know what it is. I don't, a lot of times this sentence will come to me, I don't believe in it, I don't believe in repair. Because all I know is pain and burying the pain and holding on to it. I don't know how to be hurt to acknowledge the rift and let the rift close up. I can't forget. It's its own sort of para-alcoholic hypervigilance, I suppose. And I've just got a lot of it. Maybe I should have done the Corinthians passage. (sighs) Hmm. This third time as we read, what intention do you have now that we've read and reflected on this passage together. If your brother sins against you, go, show him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained back your brother. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two more with you, that at the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the assembly. If he refuses to hear the assembly also, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Most certainly, I tell you, whatever things you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever things you release on earth will have been released in heaven. Again, assuredly, I tell you that if two of you will agree on earth concerning anything that they will ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the middle of them. What's your intention? Having read and reflected on this passage. a couple of things, a couple of people that (laughs) I want to tell that they hurt me, but even as I think about it, I know that I won't. It risks too much. It's too weird and awkward and strange and fearful and I'm just not there. (laughs) I've been thinking recently about how in lots of ways, the uh, the primary analysis analogy, allegory, the primary place that I go when I'm looking to draw a parallel to my own life is usually Harry Potter. And sometimes the seven books published by J.K. Rowling, but sometimes the fan fiction story After the End, written by Arabella and Zenya, which... Was, uh, I discovered on FanFictionNet, and then I read on SugarQuill.com? SugarQuill.net? I don't know. And have reread at least once every year, definitely since 2012, probably twice a year from 2012 to 2018. And maybe once a year, gracious, since 2003... 2004? Anyways, in one of the analogies from the books, I've been feeling lately like Harry at book seven at King's Cross Station with a hideous, terrible bundle crying, crying, crying out in pain. And the sage reappearing to say, don't pay it any mind, we cannot help it. Which, given what I've said about how I don't know that I believe in repair right now, has has a whole separate meaning i think that makes me want to i was thinking of this and i wasn't sure how it would work in but i think it does fit in now to the podcast tonight i let my seven-year-old sit on my lap and read to me from his you know five chapters a page all pictures lego ninjago picture book that he has from the library that his sister got from actually which is sweet of her and he read it to me and i felt the impulse every time he got a word wrong to correct him and i didn't do it i just let him read the best his six-year-old self could and he got stuck on two words and he asked me about them and i gave him those words And it just felt really big to me to not correct him and that being corrected, even in the name of you can do it better. This is how you learn is contributes to that perfectionism, that need to not be wrong, that fear, that smallness of spirit that I see in myself. So I don't know, I guess, if anything, my intention is just to give myself grace to make my peace with the squalling thing that I don't know how to help and don't know how to repair. To do the best that I can with where I'm at. If how I'm living is the spiritual equivalent of... A six-year-old muddling through reading books, a seven-year-old reading books at a seven-year-old level, that's okay. That's okay. I'm okay. Almighty and everlasting God Increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity And that we may obtain what you promise Make us love what you command Through Jesus Christ our Lord Who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit One God forever and ever Amen. Hope and joy be yours. That there is something out there, whether you know it, whether you are conscious of it or not, that there is something out there that you want to obtain. And that you may one day obtain it. For you have within you, for you are, the light of God, the light of the world. Always.